Hello, friends. Welcome to the In the Whisper podcast. I'm your host, Nita Wilkinson. We all know that life is just plain hard sometimes. Join me each week as I talk to a girlfriend about their journey of overcoming and how it always leads back to Jesus. Welcome back to the In the Whisper podcast. I am super excited today to have Lori Vober as my guest. She has an amazing story that you can read um, a little bit about in her new book, Choices. Lori uh, is a stroke survivor and has an amazing story to tell. Welcome, Lori. I am so glad that you are here with us today. Thank you so very much, Nita. I really appreciate you having me. Tell me a little bit about you and your family and uh, what your life looks like. Right now, my husband and uh, my three kids, um, our dogs all live in Arizona. But So three kids and how many dogs? Three dogs. <laughs> full house. Full you house. have a full yes, house. That is correct. So we're going to talk about your story today. You are a stroke survivor from 2003, correct? That is correct. Yes. So it was a little while ago, as we were talking about before we started, before social media, social media and all the things. So tell me, what brought you to this book? Yes. So I had talked frequently with my husband about writing a book uh, since my stroke and just never really did until this about this time last year. And during COVID, I had taken my Bible study on Zoom. And so we were doing our leading on Zoom. And I very distinctly heard God say to me, all these authors are publishing their first Bible studies. What are you doing and why aren't you doing something about your story? I saved you from a stroke. I gave you a story and you have not done anything with it. Please start writing your story so you can give hope and encouragement to others. And so I went to my husband and I said, I think I'm called to write a book. And he just chuckled and said, okay. I started writing my book and he would walk through at night and say, what are you doing? And I said, I told you I'm writing my book. And I would just start typing and typing and typing and that's where it started and a year later my book is being published now yeah here we are it's coming out march 11th is the the date that you've been given now so that is very excited and your book is called choices so talk a little bit about that my my book is called choices when you're faced with a challenge what choice will you make and it is based on my faith journey and my perseverance through my challenges of both stroke and I became an epileptic after my stroke. My uh, brain started interacting with the scar tissue from the stroke and I'm also an adoptive mom of three children. Uh, When I first had my stroke in 2003, my husband and I had been trying for several years to have children and we had not been successful and so after my stroke and it was called an rural hemorrhagic stroke. Um, It came out of the blue. I had Mm -hmm. no preparation for it. It was caused by a malformation of blood vessels on the right side of my brain. And God had blessed me um, with a mountain of protection. We had been trying to start our family and had been unsuccessful. And I was working in a corporate career at the airlines at the time, doing a lot of travel. Mm. And I was on normal business hours, and my husband was on a second shift job um, as an aircraft mechanic. So our hours were opposite, and that didn't work very well with our family planning. 
And so I had taken a job at our church as the office manager three weeks prior to my stroke. And we were hoping that that would lessen the stress and help with our family planning. And actually, I think God's plan was to save my life, was was his plan. Yeah. I just didn't know it at the time. Yeah. Um, So when I had my stroke, I actually was at the church rather than being in a corporate career. And therefore... We um, we were in states when I had my stroke and uh, went through my stroke. I had emergency brain surgery. I was in a drug-induced coma for 17 days. And when I woke up, I had completely lost my left side. I was completely paralyzed. And I came out of the stroke. I was in the hospital for two months. And I came home. And what I didn't realize is the aviation industry um, was not doing well because of September 11th. Mm-hmm. And therefore, my husband's job was in complete jeopardy. And it wasn't long um, before he lost his job. And that is what brought us to Arizona. And uh, again, God's blessing was upon us. And uh, he found a new job in Arizona. And that's why we moved to Arizona. I actually think we moved to Arizona for my recovery. Because if we stayed in Minnesota, I don't believe I would have ever recovered. The doctors and nurses and therapists were wonderful in Minnesota. However, they were under the impression that uh, you had not uh, gotten better within six months. Please go be happy and live your life the way it was uh, and move on. And at the time, I was 30 years old by that point, and I was not going to live my life in a wheelchair um, and, and be happy. And so when we came to Arizona, I found a fabulous neurotherapy clinic, and I started my recovery at that point at this new neurotherapy clinic uh, where I started really healing and getting better and getting my function back. So I made uh, my therapy at this new neuro clinic, my full-time job. And I work six to hour, eight hours a day, every single day for years and years and years to get uh, my function back and get my life back. And seven years post-stroke, my husband and I decided we were at a crossroads. What did we want to do? Did we want to travel and enjoy our life? Or did we want to pick up where we left off in our family planning and uh, start a family? We felt at that point it was a dangerous situation to consider um, starting our own family with uh, the epilepsy and with my disability. Infants would be difficult for me, so we decided to embark on adoption. And so we adopted at that point internationally from Colombia to South America. Okay. And we adopted a six-year-old, an eight-year-old, and a ten-year-old. And we adopted a son and two daughters. And that was in April of 2012. And we say at the time we adopted with love blinders on because it's been blessings and challenges. And uh, so now we have a 21-year-old, a 19-year-old, and a 17-year-old. So we are in the thick of uh, blessings and challenges now, uh, (laughs) as I'd say, with this journey. Yeah, you started in the thick of it when you get uh, those ages. That's... uh, uh, yeah, right, going right into those teenage years. <laughs> yes, yes. So are they siblings? Are they blood siblings? They are blood siblings, yes. That's awesome that you were able to, to keep them together like that. I know it doesn't always work that way. So you were in the hospital for two months and had years of therapy and healing. 
and that's a lot. How do you, there had to be days that it took everything in you to get out of bed and do it again. So tell us about that and where you pulled your strength. Well, I was very blessed with um, a very strong faith prior. Mm -hmm. I, I accepted my Christianity my senior year of high school. Uh, and so and I met my husband at church after college. And so um, prior to my stroke, I was already a Christian, and we were active in our church, and that helped a lot. Yeah. And so, um, we had a very, very good, strong support group, and that also helped. Um, I was also very active um, physically as size goes. So in my mind at that point, um, I thought all I needed to do was exercise a lot. And because I already liked to exercise, I thought it was just physical. Mm -hmm. And so I thought in my mind, if I just kept exercising a lot, eventually I would get better. Mm -hmm. So I didn't read a lot into it emotionally. And that helped me a great deal. I'm also a, a glasses half full, not half empty person. Uh -huh. And I always have been. And God has blessed me immensely with that attitude. And that attitude has blessed me uh, my entire life. And uh, I think a lot of times your attitude gives you um, a lot longer and a lot farther in life than even sometimes your abilities. Yeah. And I found that even in college. And I was cut from the band at the uh at, at tryouts and already set to be an officer yet i just didn't i just didn't make it but my attitude carried me through and i quickly learned how to be part of the flag corps i was a piccolo player and i learned how to be part of the flag corps and because of my attitude and because of my friendships and uh, it carried me through and i found a new love uh for flags and had i just given up I would have missed out on two more years of uh, the Longhorn Band and years of alumni band. But because of my attitude, I had years of uh, fellowship and camaraderie and experiences. And so I think your attitude can just far outweigh so much more than your ability sometimes. And I'm just so blessed that God has given me the attitude he has. And I think I've been able to recover because of this attitude. That's awesome. And I know that's a part of your book is how our attitude plays into our choices. And I love, <laughs> and the Longhorn Band, that's, I mean, you're not talking about, that's a big deal <laughs> for you to do that. It was an amazing, amazing experience. And I think uh, the University of Texas was a fabulous college and I got an incredible education, but being part of an organization like the Longhorn Band shaped me as a person and being part of the sorority and being an officer um, uh, enhanced my leadership skills and just made me the person I am today. And some of my very best friends are those same girlfriends that we still Zoom and talk and visit. Uh, those are just friendships you, you'll have for the rest of your life. Right. And you wouldn't have had any of that if you hadn't have stepped out of your comfort zone to try something new. And I love that. I think that often we just stay in that little comfortable area. And God has so much more for us outside of our little comfortable area. And when you look at everyone in the Bible, they were all pushed outside of their comfort zone to do wonderful things. So I love that story. And I love how it 
it speaks so much to who you are and still has that um you're still able to to pull from that even today even after everything that you've been through one of the things that you talk about in your book is finding your happiness in who God says you are. And I love how you verbalize that. Can you talk a little bit more about that? I think especially in today's society, we lean so much on other people and what other people think about us. And that plays into how we feel about ourselves. The big realm of life, if we can just concentrate on our happiness and on who God says we are and what God thinks of us, that is so important because he's our whole world. Right. And if we will please remember that he is our whole world and he's he's our heaven, our earth, and who we're going to go home to one day, if you have that faith, then that's all that really matters. But there's so many other things coming and bombarding us at us at all times. Um, it's so easy to lose that focus. I think uh, as a mom of teens, I see it every day. Um, they struggle every day with that self-esteem and it's so hard and the fact that they are adopted they struggle that even more so i just i am convinced even more if we could just figure out um, how to focus on that important uh, aspect we would all find so much more happiness in our lives i i agree and i've never heard it verbalized just quite like that so that really caught my eye that we should find our happiness in who God says we are, not who the world says we are. So um, while I've heard that concept, I love how you verbalized it. Thank you. Can you tell us now where you are with your health? What it's been, gosh, 2003, a long time. So tell us how you're doing today. Yes. Um, Physically, I'm doing really well as far as my disability goes. I'm very independent, and I am so thankful for that. Um, I have a fabulous family support system, a wonderful husband. We'll be celebrating next month our 24th wedding anniversary. So I'm extremely blessed um, to have a husband uh, who has um, stood by my side. Um, I jokingly say if anybody could have had a stroke between my husband or myself, it would have been probably better for it to be have been my husband because out of the two of us he is more introverted than I am (laughs) so I drive him crazy with my extroverted uh, uh, personality because I'm a go-getter and I'm like the energizer bunny Uh Um, I never stop and so therefore I drive my family crazy um, (laughs) always wanting to go 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 and uh, so I tend to stress people out Um, (laughs) however I do have a fabulous support system between my husband and and my parents. My parents live within about a five-minute uh, oh, wow. uh, drive from us, and so I am an only child. So that is so a little bit of a battle in the fact that they tend to be a little overprotective of me because I'm an only child. At the same time, I take try and take it uh, with a grain of salt of um, their support and their love it is so overwhelming. Appreciative on my part, um, and I have a fabulous relationship with them. Yeah, that, uh, I take it that uh, with that. Um, my epilepsy is completely under control with medicine now, and I'm so very thankful for that. Yeah, it took years God. and years for us to get to that point, and uh, that controlled a lot of our uh, abilities and my independence. Um, I can fully take care of our family and drive 
that is a blessing. I have had a new medical challenge come up recently that I'm working through, and uh, we'll see where God takes me on that. But uh, my life is not born to medical challenges. Uh, I know he has me in the palm of his hand, and whatever's going to be, um, this will just add to my story. So we're working through that, but uh, one step at a time. And uh, my story and my journey is all for his glory and right now i just want to be a hope and encouragement to others um through what i've whatever i've gone through uh, that is i i definitely think it is and uh we we talked about you know so many years ago when this happened to you you didn't have the the platforms available to you to to encourage women outside of your own circle because, you know, there wasn't a big Facebook. I don't remember when Facebook started, but it wasn't huge in 2003. And uh, we didn't see the things that we see today. I love that you were obedient to God when he said to you last year, it's time for you to tell your story. You have a way to encourage people. It feels like to me, there are just so much more illness and so many more debilitating things that are going on right now. And I don't know if it's the platforms are making this available to us or if our world is changing and it's actually happening. But I know so many people that are dealing with um, maybe not a stroke, but something that is life changing in their health. What is your best advice for them as they are facing this to be able to do it in an attitude that will be joyful for them? Find a support group, find Mm. a friend, find an accountability partner, find someone they can count on. If you are faith-based, find a Bible study. Mm -hmm. If if you can go in person, find a Bible study that's in person. And if you're not comfortable with that, find a virtual Bible study, someone you can connect with via Zoom. But find some type of connection. I am a humongous person of fellowship, networking, and connection. And I think that is the key. And that is what we've lost with um, the pandemic is Mm -hmm. our connection. And I think that that makes all the difference in the world. And it just changes our whole outlook when we're able to connect with others. So I think we can glean so much positive and negative from each other. And I think that is... uh, the crutch of social media is you can get positive and negative, right. but if you can get the positive from social media and a good support system, that is the key. Yeah. So you had a you had a good strong Bible study that you attended, and you went to church that I'm assuming as well. So that whole support group was available to you. How long was it? And maybe you said this already from the stroke to the epilepsy? I had my stroke in January, and when we moved from Minnesota to Arizona, my neurologist took me off my anti-seizure medication because I had not experienced any seizures, and that is what caused my seizures to start, is he took me off my medication. And so we moved in July when he took me off my medication, and the last day I was off my medication, I had my first seizure. Okay, so it was very close to your stroke. Exactly. So I believe had I stayed on the medication, I might have been okay. However, there have been people who have gone off their medication, and they've mm-hmm. been perfectly fine. So mm-hmm. it just depends on your body and how and your how, brain interacts. How do you know that is is the question. So I, I love the attitude that you have and the, just the faith that you displayed through this whole time. But tell me about those days that maybe that faith was hard to find. You know, 
there were days maybe when you woke up and and you just didn't feel like you could do it anymore. That was a long time of healing. So tell me about those days and and how your faith was able to pull you up out of the the more difficult days in the pit. I think you just have to keep going. I, I think my favorite Bible verses are Jeremiah twenty nine eleven through thirteen. It says, "For I know the plans I have for you," declares the Lord, "plans to prosper you and not harm you." plans to give you a hope and a future then you will call on me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you you'll seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart and I think it's just a matter of going and keeping going and I again I don't think I put a lot of emotion into it it was all physical to me Mm -hmm. and I thought if I just keep going physically keep busy Eventually, this will get better. And I think because I had a good support system at a rehab center, Mm -hmm. they became my emotional support, too. And Uh because I was physically oriented, that was the key for me. If I had not been in a rehab center that they pushed me physically, I think I would have run the risk of being more in a depressive state and uh, had a mental challenge. But because I was able to keep busy on the physical side, um, and then I joined the YMCA when I got better. I was the youngest member of the Silver Sneakers Club uh, at, at the bet. YMCA for years. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. And, uh, and and those were the aspects that uh, I took. Uh, you know, I just, that I was always the member of a gym. I was, that's just the, the avenue I took. So you really and truly were able to disconnect your physical from your emotional that that's amazing to me i don't know very many people that can do that that's that's you have a very strong will <laughs> to be able to do that i think guys I'm, I'm positive i couldn't do it so i appreciate i mean that is a gift that god gave you knowing that you would face this in your life and to be able to separate those two is truly an amazing gift And it's great advice, and you've lived it. So you're able to encourage other people that way. I love that. You want to go over the book at least one more time. Um, The name of the book is Choices. When you are faced with a challenge, what choice will you make? And God always has a plan, but he leaves it up to you whether you will follow his plan or not. That book is coming out March 11th. That's going to be Friday. That's pretty exciting. Uh, I'm sure you're in the throes of doing a whole lot of stuff to get ready for it. And so you will be able to, you can pre-order it now on Amazon. Get out there and do that so that, uh, and the way that that usually works is as soon as they launch the book, that day is the day they send it to you. And if you want it for your Kindle, it will drop in your Kindle immediately and you can start reading it on Friday. Thank you so much, Lori. I really appreciate you sharing your your time and your story. It is such an amazing one. Your family has been through so much. Hopefully on the other side of it, and we'll be praying for whatever is coming for you in the future. But I do always have two questions I ask my guests at the end of the podcast. And the first one is, what are you reading right now? Yes, I actually, I just finished one book. It's called Hope Heals, and it was uh, by a stroke survivor. Her name is Catherine Wolf. Uh, She she wrote it in conjunction with her husband, Catherine and Jay Wolf. She suffered the same stroke that I did, uh, caused by an ADM, but it was at 
brain stem of her um, her brain, and I suffered her stroke at age 26. Wow. And uh, so I just finished that book, and I'm also reading a book right now that I'm on the book launch team for called When God Changed His Mind. It's by a brand new author also. Her name is Christina Custodio, and her son suffered a stroke in his mind at age 13. Another magnificent book, and I'm just enjoying reading both books because it gives me a perspective of two other individuals that went through the same thing I did and how they handled their challenges. And everybody handled things differently, and it's given me different perspectives. But uh, I'm awesome. so much enjoying reading nonfiction. Prior, I have been very much a fiction reader, and uh, now that uh, that's my genre, and I'm turning into more of a nonfiction. <laughs> yeah, I love both, and I have stacks of books I want to read. I, I'm trying to figure out how I can make that happen. I, I do want to say, too, it's important. Your, your book is about your stroke, but I think that it will help anyone who has faced a physical or even a mental challenge. It is not just for stroke victims, as I'm sure these books that you just spoke about are not just for stroke victims. It's just that strokes at such a young age, you were 29. Um, you said that uh, Catherine was 26 when she yeah. had hers. That is a very young age to have a stroke. But these books, especially Choices, it will speak to you whatever you are facing that is difficult or maybe a better word is challenging in your life. So I, I do want to make sure that people, they will definitely get something from it because it is much more about facing challenges than yes. just the stroke. It just happens to be that your story is a stroke. <clears throat> yes, and I, I we have uh, endured quite a few challenges. Uh, stroke is just one along with job loss, uh, right. parenting, uh, and all. So yes, my yes. book is definitely... The stroke was kind of the catalyst that started the challenges, but my book Choices is really about, I feel God has a plan for each of us, but mm -hmm. he gives us free will to decide where we're going to go with his plan, and we all have choice. Yes, yes. And I just... I love your story and how you dealt with the, the choices that, that God gave you. And, and I am sure that he has you here in this moment, in this place at this time for a very good reason. My second question that I always ask is what is bringing you joy right now? Well, I'm so glad you asked. Um, what brings me so much joy is really connecting with others and being and networking and knowing that what I'm doing is making a difference. And I have had the very blessed opportunity to be a Bible study leader and uh, active in our women's ministry at our church for several years and leading women um, weekly uh, right now, both in person and on Zoom has just been such a blessing to me just to connect with those women and know that I can make a difference. It's just huge. And that's why I am so excited to have this platform and have this opportunity with my book and just can't wait to see what God's going to do with my story. So thank you so much for the opportunity, Anita, and, and your time. I am just so excited and ecstatic to see what God's going to do. Me too. I'm excited to see what God's going to do with this book too. And it's going to be a great time. Enjoy it. Thank you. 
I so enjoyed my conversation with Lori. I love how when she is faced with a challenge, her choice is always faith in God. And I don't know that I always, I know that I don't always do that. And I love how much of an inspiration she is to me. And I have had an opportunity to read choices and I know that you're going to love seeing more of Lori's story in the book. It comes out Friday. You can order, you can pre-order it. So it'll go out Friday from Amazon and you'll have it depending upon where you live in just a couple of days. Or if you get it, if you get it on your Kindle, you can have it right away on Friday. But I know that you will be blessed by that book. I know I have been. Next week, we're going to have an interview that came about out of the blue for me, but it so touched my heart. I really wanted to do this. One of my writing friends shared a post on Facebook. It was actually from her sister-in-law, Rebecca Beresford, and she is going to share her story of a miscarriage that she had in her second trimester. For so many reasons, this is more than a story about a miscarriage what happened to the baby, the apathy that the organization that she, where she had the baby had towards life is appalling to me and broke my heart. And I reached out to her and asked if she would tell her story on the In the Whisper podcast because I didn't know that these things happened. And I think that people need to know this. So I reached out to her and she was happy to tell her story. I will tell you, it's coming next week. You may not want to have little ones near you when you're listening because some of what she talks about is rather graphic, but it's a story that I think we need to hear because our culture has just learned an apathy for life that is frightening to me and her story reinforces that. So. I hope that you'll listen in and there is hope at the end of the story. It's not all bad news, but I think it is something that we need to understand. So you can look forward to Rebecca Beresford's story next week. Until then, thank you for listening to the In the Whisper podcast. I'm Nita Wilkinson.